Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Because we were playing with the dog. And we had to change our shirt and uh, make some funny faces. So let's open up the chat. Hey, Tracy's here. All right, fantastic. What's on the agenda for tonight? Um, I had no agenda. What did we? I know I brought some reins from the barn. Yes, we have a prop which involves rain. And so, because the other day when I was trying to make something happen, because you're Mr. Scramble Dakes. Okay, so first announcement 30 days to round starts tomorrow. If you've already signed up, we will be releasing the code word at midnight tonight so you can start filming your before videos. And you have through tomorrow night to sign up. It's going to be epic. It's going to be lots of fun. What do you think of 30 Days to Round? I haven't seen it yet. And it was supposed <laughs> to help. Well, Carolyn was supposed to do it with Kane, but that didn't happen. And yeah, some of our students are doing the program, which is fun. And Carolyn was like, can you help me? I was like, no, I don't know. Yes, you can. But you what, do. I don't know what the requirements are for this. Um, yeah, so the requirements, basically the way it works is that you film a before video. And then you do the exercises for the 30 days. You read the PDF. You come to the Facebook Lives. We answer your questions. And then at the end, you film yourself riding again. And you submit your before and after video. And then we review hundreds of videos, which is a lot. And then we pick the top seven winners. And we're giving away $10,000, which is crazy. Super fun. So let us know in the chat if you've signed up yet for 30 days to round or if you're thinking about it. But tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about contact and connection since Mr. Scrambled Eggs himself is here. We are going to um, show you the worksheet, which I hope you all have filled out by now. And the worksheet is really designed to help you guide you through the 30 days to round. And we're going to answer some questions. And we're going to talk about the gap versus the gain. So oh, yes, you were talking about the that's gap on the game. agenda for tonight. First and foremost, contact. So, reins. One of the biggest things that Herman and I see with students is that your hands and arms are way too stiff and way too tight. So, if your arms are stiff, your horse will be stiff. It's as simple as that. That's so. a fact. But it's, it's, I think that it's because everybody gets, keep your hands still, keep your hands still. Don't let, you've got to keep your hands still. And yes, you can't, I mean, they can't be looking like they're going to take off into flight. Okay. <laughs> but they can't be still stiff. They have to be still fluid. Moving with the horse. With the horse. So yeah. the, the stillness is really only in relation to the withers, but the withers are moving and the neck is moving. And so there's, there's yeah. this, there's a yield to the contact. It's an illusion of stillness. And it's not hard, stiff still. So 
And hopefully we can explain that a little better with the rings. And it's also a big part of it is your seat. Having an yes. independent seat is a prerequisite. You cannot, you can't have elastic following hands if you're using your hands to hold on to the horse. So if you're using the reins as a handle to hang on to the horse and not fall off, there's no way you can have a supple elastic feel. It's the independent seat and the balance that that seat gives you that affords you the opportunity then to have an elastic rein. Yes. Okay. So assuming that your seat is perfect. Or now reasonable anyway. It doesn't have to be perfect, just reasonable. Okay. We have our little prop here, reins. These are my favorite reins. I like the thick rubber reins because I find that you don't have to grip them so hard and it's easier to maintain the rein length. So and how like do you the hold your rubber reins? ones because they're more flexible. Well, you have big hands. Yes. Okay. How do you hold the reins? Between your pinky finger? Pinky and the ring finger. By the way, we make this into a podcast, so you have to explain with words. Okay, so... <laughs> We always make, if you haven't checked out my podcast, Dressage with Amelia, it's on like all the podcast players. Okay. So your thumb and your pointer finger, they lock the rein down. And then I run the rein through my ring finger, my pinky finger. And then that's the ring finger is the shock absorber. So you can make a fist and there's your half fist, a fist and a half fist. But the rein tension stays adjustable because of that fist and half fist but the length of the rein doesn't come through your hand because you've got the rein locked into place with the thumb and the pointer finger and it's important that your thumb makes a rooftop shape like this you don't want your thumb to be doing like right, that's not the deal hitchhiker thumb no that's not good your fingertip the thumb fingertip is down on the rein and the knuckles up and this is really important because this allows your hand to be flexible without your rein length changing. What you don't want to do is you don't want your reins to like get longer and then shorten them and get longer and shorten without you knowing that that's happening. Um, because that's going to be really difficult for your horse if you're constantly changing the boundaries. Like if you're like reins long, reins short, rain, your horse is going to get frustrated and confused. So you have to be like um, very aware of that. So because then they're on the forehand, not on the forehand, on the forehand, not on the forehand. It's... So you're holding your reins. Then the next thing you want to think about is a straight line from your elbow okay. to the horse's mouth. So that would be this, right? And then when you go... Okay, I'll, I'll pretend to be the horse here. Yeah, take that for... Oh, I got both. Oh, here, okay, I'll be the horse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There we go. Okay, so then <laughs> this is no bueno. You don't want to go across... The main line, which in this case is the, her forehead. So the, the suppling is this, right? So you've got so okay. So which way are you going? Fist. So let's say which way I'm are gonna, you I'm tracking? Supple, right, I'm tracking right, I'm gonna supple right. So my left rein, you can see it's my forearm and the rein is one straight line. This is the flexion, and then if I need more, I can come back with that elbow and take that back and but if so what had, is the sequence? Fingers, right. wrist, and then elbow. Yeah. Primary is the fist, half fist. Secondary is the flexible wrist. And you never want your forearm muscles up. You want to be able to bend that wrist so you can see the pinky 
fingernail, and then tertiary is that the elbow comes back. So that's if you're suppling to the right. I don't think I like being a horse. Next time we'll have to get like a, a bit in. <laughs> okay, but so, and it's also important that when we're talking about reins that you always think about the sequence of your aids is always leg, seat, hand. So you don't just start by like your right, rein. What's the other name for the rein aids? The restraining aids, right. the restricting aids. The restricting aids, restraining aids. So if your rain aids are more dominant than your driving aids, you're going to have a problem. Yes. That will be a problem. That's why it's, you got to go legs, go, then you start with the reins. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the other thing like that demonstration is that, and one thing that I teach a lot inside the 30 days to round challenge is that it's not just about like kicking and pulling on your horse. There's a lot more refinement to how to teach your horse to correctly accept the contact. And for me, at least, it always starts from the ground with just like simple teaching your horse to drop their head from the ground, teaching your horse to give and to bend to one rein from the ground. That's where it starts. And then when you are riding, um, Basically, the way that you get your horse supple and soft is through suppleness and through lateral suppleness specifically. Teaching your horse to bend is the key to getting your horse round. And like, I truly believe that you cannot have your horse be like perfectly straight with no bend and make them round. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yes. And then, but the, the so, bend is from croup to pull. Yes. What we're doing here with the neck is we're just flexing that and suppling the neck so you get rid of it because you can't push on a tense horse. So you've got to make the neck soft, supple so that you can drive it forward. But bend is around the inside leg. Yeah. And also establishing inside leg to outside rein connection because horses are strong. There's no way we're going to be able to out pull them. So anytime that you can get this like inside leg to outside rein, that's going to get your horse supple and that's going to get your horse round so that if you have a million pounds of pressure in your hand and you're pulling super hard and your horse isn't going round, it's not going to work. Like it just simply isn't right, going to work. That's not suppling. Yes. So um, you, um, you should answer Sherry there because she's Oh, wondering. can you join from India? Yes. We have people inside the challenge from all over the world. It's really cool. We have people from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Japan, and we've already had, you know, lots of people trying out the exercises, seeing a difference in their horse. It's really exciting. It's such a great program. We did it last year and it was super fun. So, um, so yeah, it was great. All right, let's get started with questions. Any of you that are live here and have any questions, let us know. Um, okay, Danielle. Let's see. Should we answer a question? Okay. Do you, how do you do the groundwork exercises with a horse that will not do groundwork, but is a saint and will do anything under saddle? What's your advice for that? With uh, patience and determination, <laughs> it will happen. Okay. So here's my thing with groundwork is that if you have a horse, you do groundwork, like period, because you have to get your horse from the 
stall to the cross ties. You have to be able to bridle your horse. You have to be able to get on your horse. You have to be able to put your horse in a horse trailer. And the majority of time that we spend is with our horses. So it's very important that your horse is respectful, that your horse is responsive, that your horse is in tune with you on the ground. If your horse is great under saddle, that's great. Focus on the exercises, the riding exercises that we have inside of 30 Days to Round. There's a lot of great riding exercises. There's some video of Herman riding with a drone camera on and showing you the suffling from above. You're riding oh, royal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. so that. that's inside there. Um, but I do recommend, you know, teach your horse to drop their head when you're doing, when you're bridling them. Teach your horse to stop and back up. All of that stuff is very important for your safety and for your horse's safety, as well as the fact that it gets your horse to relax, it gets your horse supple, it gets everything. Um, okay, question. During the video, do we need to give the code word again after any pauses? No. So just say the code word at the beginning. We're sending you the code word tonight. Uh, okay, I'm a face, I'm a groundwork addict. Awesome. I love groundwork. Can we do the challenge from the ground? I did it last year. Just want to make sure if that's still okay. Yes, absolutely. You could just do groundwork because you can teach your horse to go round from the ground. And I show you how to do that inside the ground, inside the 30 days to round challenge. Um, okay, so Shri says, I'm doing the exercises from a school horse. Will that be helpful? Yes, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Okay, next question. Can we tell them the funny cue story about how? Yes, tell them your funny story. So Q was my horse, and then Amelia was going to ride him, but he was really tall, and I never bothered to teach him to put his head down. I mean, he had some issues when he got here, but anyway, he turned out fine. He went to the concrete, but bridling him was a thing because he would just raise his head, and I didn't care. And for, you know, whatever, Amelia and I just met each other, and you go use this horse, and uh, she's like, why didn't you teach him to put his head down? Why didn't you teach him to put his head down? So anyway, I go away to Idaho for a weekend to teach this clinic. And uh, when I come back, she's going to go get on cue. Let me see if I can do this. So she's in the cross ties and we're chatting. And she goes and she takes his head and she pushes it down. And he puts his head down. She sticks the bridle in and she just looks right at me. There was the Amelia putting his head down story. Yes. But, I mean, here's the thing. So if we talk about our horse's pull, right? Like the pull is the juncture between your horse's head and your horse's neck. The pull is a joint that has a lot of flexibility, right? Like it can, your horse can flex left and right. They can stick their nose out. They can flex their pull in. Not only physically, but this juncture is very important for your horse emotionally and mentally. Because the second that your horse gets scared, they lock at the pull. And so when you can get control of the pull area, when you can get your horse to drop their head, when you can get your horse to flex to the left and flex to the right, it allows you to control your horse's mental state. So being able to get your horse to put your, their head down gets them to relax mentally. Plus, when you're riding, if you need to do a stretch circle or a free walk, they have to put their head down. So for me, I'm like, why wouldn't you just 
teach that from the ground first. Like if you can't get your horse to put their head down when you're riding them, try to do it from the ground first, because I bet you're going to have trouble from the ground. And if you can do it from the ground, then at least you have those tools for when you get on and you're doing it under. And then the horse is more familiar with it too. It just makes it easier from the saddle. Okay. So here's a good question from someone in 30 days to round. This is from Renee. At the walk, your elbows bend and straighten as the horse moves forward. If my elbows are not moving, does that mean I do not have a steady contact on the reins? True. That is a fact. Or, yes. Okay, but I'm going to I'm going to say either that or your horse isn't moving properly forward through their body. Right. So that will happen. If your hands are unyielding at the walk, or in any of the gates, really, um, you can create an awkward mechanic that is unnatural because the horse will feel your non-yielding hand in the walk, and then it'll stop using its neck in the walk, and so it'll just hold its neck frozen. So there's, yeah, your elbows could not move, and then you will develop yeah. a weird mechanic. Yeah, for sure. But sometimes when, so when you're not following your horse, you restrict their movement, and they tighten up. And so if your elbows aren't moving, you're restricting your horse's movement. And so you could have a steady contact, but just because you've restricted the movement. Yeah. Okay. Let me find another good question. Um, okay. So there are a lot of questions about bits. Bits are a little bit of a hot topic. Um, here's our philosophy on bits. First and foremost, changing your bit or going to a stronger bit is not going to solve your problem. So it's always important that you go back to the basics, to teaching your horse to correctly accept the bit and move through their body rather than just like going to like, quote unquote, a quick fix and putting a harsher bit in your horse's mouth. So that is something that we don't recommend. Both Herman and I, the majority of our horses go in a loose ring snaffle, uh, the double jointed loose ring snaffle. That's what pretty much every yeah, horse in our I, barn. Frankie has some issues with the contact. So she's in a plastic straight yes. happy mouth. Yeah. Some of them are in a happy mouth. Some of the young horses we start um, with a D ring, which adds a little bit more stability. Uh, some horses have like very small mouths and lots of like fleshy lips and right. tongues. So, you know, if they've got a parrot mouth and they've got a, a narrow jaw, wide jaw, all those things can make a bit more or less comfortable. So in theory, a fatter bit is more mild, but if it's a small yeah. mouth with a fat yeah. bit, then that's yeah. not mild. So, you know, take a peek in there yeah, and see what kind of room you have. So as far as the challenge, for those of you in the challenge, we really recommend snaffle bit would be the best option because we do do a lot of like bending, groundwork, that type of stuff that you don't really want to do with a curb bit. Uh, we do also allow bitless bridles because I have a few horses that really love to go in the hackamore. And I think yeah. if your horse is happy in the hackamore, That's great. That's not allowed if you're competing in dressage, but we think that that's fine. Um, and then we do recommend that you look at the USDF guidelines for what bits, bits are, are legal. legal, because that's a, kind of a really good gauge. They tend to, um, 
you know, keep the welfare of the horse in mind. We, it was funny. We were, we have like this bit box, right? In our yeah, I've had, I've been collecting bits for Hundreds 40 of bits. years. Yeah. And, and, and boy, howdy, some of the things in there, you're like, yeah. what in the earth yeah. people think of yeah. making this thing? Like very thin, sharp. And again, I, I think it's always important to remember that, and I've, we've all done it, right? We're like, I'm going to put a different bit on and it's going to solve my problem. And it doesn't. It either makes it 10% better or 10% worse. And in a week, you're right back at right. the same problem. So it's really about always, it's about going back to the basics. It's about teaching your horse to accept the contact, teaching your horse to accept the bit. And that's what we go through in 30 days to round. And that's something that isn't, I don't think explained very well a lot of times. Um, and we really break it down where I've had a lot of horses that have had issues, whether it's they rear, they bolt, they won't turn. Um, they've never been ridden before. They're an off the track thoroughbred. I think both of us always get the difficult horses, but that's like a trainer, right? As that's, a trainer, you, you always get the difficult horses. And so you have to have these skills. You have to know how to handle a horse that doesn't know how to accept the bit that doesn't accept the contact where do you start and um and that's what we show inside of 30 days round as well as okay you have a horse but maybe they curl or maybe they're too strong or maybe they're heavy um go ahead and let me know in the chat how is your horse in the contact are they too strong are they too light do they hang in the left rein do they hang in the right rein how's frankie how's your horse she has um, improved greatly from the day of the show. Huh. I, got, I got to take those lessons. But she can be like, sometimes she can be too light and like chompy or she can be really strong, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of trouble, um, she doesn't really close her mouth and accept the contact. Um, she wants to gnash her teeth a lot. And when she's, even when she's round and light and everything's going great, then I can hear the teeth gnashing. So she isn't quite as relaxed as yeah. I need her to be. Um, and then sometimes she's okay. And then sometimes the mouth is closed, but the neck is uh, flat like a washboard. And so I don't have the under neck loose and it's not really coming through because the whole neck is just stiff, but then some, the, but her mouth is closed. So it's, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> it's just not but easy. I think that's the hard part is that every horse, like, so ideal contact should be like you're holding someone's hand or I, I, it should be like the weight of a soda can. If you saw my YouTube video. Right. Cause that's just the normal. Yeah. You, and you're not crushing And you should be life. able to move it around. But no horse starts out like that. Like no horse have I ever started riding that was just perfect in the contact. Unless it was like perfectly trained before I got it. Right. But no young horse. And so. Yeah. So, so like with my horses, Harvey was like too light in the contact. And then he would, you couldn't touch the right rein and he'd lean in the left rein. Kensington, when I got him was super heavy in the right rein and he always leaned to the right, like his whole body leaned to the right. And so that's training. You have to figure out how to take the issues that you have and little by little Change chip them. away on them. So, yeah, I see a lot of you guys in the chat. Your horse is heavy. Your horse uh, curls, tilts. Yeah, head tilting, fussing with a bit. 
And so here's the thing about contact and frame as well, is that it's not so much about just like the neck position, but it's about your horse's whole body. So it's about when they're accepting the contact and they have this nice arch to their neck, you can get the hind end to engage, the back to lift. And that's the important part is getting the hind end and the back. It's not, it's not just the neck, but you have to have contact in order to get connection. If you're confused by that, I'm doing a lecture on Sunday about contact and connection in the challenge. So come to the lecture. But it's really what you say about the, the, the hind leg, right? Because that, that connection, just like the bend is uh, croup to pull, but the contact is as well. I mean, they have to be coming from behind. If we just concentrate on our hands and we don't make them go forward, then their heads are going left and right and left and right, but you're not improving the, the contact at all because the horse isn't in front of your leg. Yes. Um, okay, let me find another question. Okay, so this is another question from 30 Days to Round. How do you teach the horse to accept the leg aids? Move off your leg and deal with your leg being on without shooting forward. I try so hard not to pull and use my seat, but it's hard. Advice for Sarah? So that's where I supple a lot, okay? When you put your leg on, right, the horse wants to come onto the forehand and then take off. But you, you, with the, with that flexion, with that suppling, you say, no, 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 you can't use your neck for this transition. And you, if, if you take the neck from them with that suppling, where you say, no, 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 don't use your neck, use your hind legs. They have to choose to use the hind leg because you, with the suppling, you take the neck away from them and they can't use it. Yeah. So, and sometimes it's a lot of flexion so that they can't use their neck and lay into your hand in that transition. Yeah. And so when you flex the neck and it stays soft, then the horse goes, okay, well, I feel the leg. I can't go onto the hands. So then I'll use my hind legs for the transition. Yeah. You, you can't hold them up. So without letting go of the reins, give and flex. Yeah. And I think also like if I have a horse that gets strong and that wants to rush, like Herman said, suppling, suppling means bending. Suppling means bend, like staying on a curved line. Oh yeah. Curved so, lines way better. Yeah. So circles, spiral in, leg yield out. Um, okay. There's a good question. How does suppling remove the ability to use the neck? So you don't want to remove the ability to move your horse's neck. It's just, you just want to control it. <laughs> if it's stiff, if, yeah. if the neck is braced and stiff, it can lay on your hands. And so horse is right. Where's the, where's the weight on a horse? It's in the front. The neck weighs more than the tail. So the horse wants to push off of those front legs and get its body up and going. That's how they're designed. We teach them to bring their weight back, pull that center of gravity back behind the withers, underneath the rider, and then push off with the hind legs. It's not that the horse can't do it, but by nature, it's designed to push off with the front feet. And so when you supple the neck and you keep that neck soft, then it can't really push off with those front legs like 
nature designed, it has to use its hind legs. Interesting. So if you supple the neck, it doesn't lay on your hands and then it uses its hind legs to go. And that's the hard part. And that's the hard part. So yes, yeah. they still use their neck, but you, it, you don't want them to use it laying into your hands, getting heavy and then pushing off of the front feet. Yeah. You supple the neck, you keep it soft, and you add your leg. And so now the horse can't come onto the forehand because you've suppled the neck, but it feels your leg. And the horse goes, I can't use the neck. Okay, my hind leg. And then you pet it, you tell it it's good. And that's how you teach it to push off from behind. Yeah. And when we talk about round, that is the essence of what we mean, is this full body, like hind leg through the back to the hand. Right, so it's one it, unit. Yeah, it's not just the neck because your horse, okay, so this brings us to another point. So we did, in Amelia's Dressage Club, we did the frame challenge. So basically your horse's frame is like a silhouette. So if you take a photo and you look at your horse's frame, what you'll see is a lot of different things, but like sometimes your horse's silhouette will look nice, right? Like they'll look round in their hind end, through their back, through their neck, they'll look round. Other shots, they won't. They'll be inverted or they'll be curled. But frame is kind of a snapshot of your horse's skeleton. Roundness is that frame in motion. So roundness is like the dynamic form of your horse's frame. But both frame and roundness encompass your horse's entire body. So it's not just looking at the neck of your horse. It's really engage the engagement of the hind and, and the lifting of the back. And the reason that's important is because that creates such a nice feeling for the rider when your horse is engaged and when they're using their back, they're maneuverable, they're turnable, they're controllable. You can ride transitions all crazy things like that. What are you reading in the chat there? The, so yes, uh, the circles, the leg yields, leg yields on the circle and definitely release the pressure. That's, you, you understood it very well. And are wild horses round in moments? <laughs> yes, in moments. I mean, they don't do it for seven minutes for a test. Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, if you see, you know, horses when they're out in the field and getting all kinds of exuberant and they offer that passage, they're round in that. They come up and boom, 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 and then they go gallop off, but they don't do it for seven minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I hope that's convinced you. 30 days round, it starts tomorrow. And uh, you have lifetime access to the program. So once you sign up, you have it for life. If this like isn't great timing for you, and what else was I going to say about 30 days to round? Lifetime access, code words are released tonight. You don't have to submit videos. Like a lot of people just do the challenge on their own, a challenge versus themselves. Let me share with you really quick, um, if I can. The So this is the worksheet. So when you enroll in the challenge, there's a PDF that has like links to all of the videos and it also has, um, it has information about like roundness, all the definitions and everything. We're doing a live webinar on contact and connection on Sunday. Well, I will be, 
I don't think he's joining. And then there's also this awesome worksheet. Oh, good. You can see it. Okay, so this is the planning worksheet that you will use um, for 30 days to round. So here's the calendar. We're doing Facebook Lives actually three times a week. So there will also be Facebook Live Friday morning. All of these uh, Facebook Lives will be recorded where we will answer your questions. And then this is really cool. So this is week by week. You get to plan out. And really, I recommend doing something every day. So learning is like watching a video, asking questions, checking out the Facebook group groundwork and then writing. So this is a great way to track. You can actually type it like on your computer or you can print it out like I watched a video and then um, you set your goals for the week, new exercises you're going to try, improvements and your challenges. And it goes all the way through four weeks. And then here at the bottom, is a checklist with all the exercises that are included inside of the challenge. So we have fundamental exercises, more, which include some groundwork exercises, more groundwork exercises, intermediate exercises, and advanced exercises. So there are a lot of exercises. You won't be short of exercises. And my final words for tonight, I've been reading this book and it was talking about the gap versus the gain. Are you going to explain that? The, the gap the, versus the gain. The gap. This is, is very important. Mindset tip of the day. Um, and I only got it because she recently <laughs> mentioned it. I didn't, was not aware of it. But the gap is where you see you, where you're missing, what's still left to go. The gain is how far you've come. And the point of that was to focus on what you have accomplished, not what yet remains to be accomplished. Yes. So, and I think that's something that's really important. Like I was kind of frustrated with one of my horses today. He will go unnamed. And I was trying to rationalize with myself and like, well, think about how far we've come. So rather than thinking about like, you know, we're just not there yet, look back and think about how far you've come because psychologically, it's so much better for you if you focus on the gain, if you focus on how far you've come with your horse. And um, I think that's important. So focus on the gain. That's my advice for this week. And join the challenge. And I guess we'll see you in the challenge. Yes. You will be joining me on Facebook Lives, like it or yeah, not. Like we did for the last one. Yeah. 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 All right, everyone. Have a good evening. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.